0: Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub.
1: All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and answer some of our some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at legally My name is Nasser Pasha.
2: And my name is Matt Staub, and we do answer some of our questions as well. I heard what you're going with that intro. Nice. So this is our Friday episode where anything can happen, including
1: covering business legal topics in the news and answering business legal questions, <laughs> including that as well. And many other things. It sounds eerily similar to every other episode we've had, but that's all right. No, no, it's Friday. So add a little spice to it.
2: Yeah. We've got a pretty cool story and I didn't know, you know this better than me because you own what, five Corvettes? Actually four. I lost my fifth one. <laughs> Well, that's too bad. Well, maybe if you would have used the valet mode, then you would have known where it went, but apparently this could be illegal too. So I wasn't aware of this. Apparently for the latest Corvettes that have been released, they have this thing called valet mode, which basically you get out of your car, you can turn on this little thing. You can basically kind of track everything that happens. I think you can even record the audio of inside the car of what's said and obviously you can just see what's going on. Basically, they don't want the Ferris Bueller situation where the valets take the car for a joyride. So that's valet mode, but apparently looks like this could be illegal because you can't record video without the consent of both parties involved in some states. I think there's 11 states, right? Yeah, 11 states in which both parties need to consent. So obviously you're going to consent as the car owner, but are the valet drivers going to consent? I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But the problem is they need to. And so I'm just
1: wondering, like, if you're in a two-party consent state like California, if you're close to the border, you know, you can just valet to another place. But then why would they do that? <laughs> With the Corvette, you can get there pretty quick.
2: <laughs> how long are the
1: valet drives that you're thinking of? I'm just trying to imagine how different Fairless Bueller's Day Off would be in the event they had this valet device.
2: It is pretty interesting, though. I mean, I obviously understand the law that you need to have both parties to consent, but at the same time, you know, this is a car that you own, or at least presumably you're leasing. You have some sort of ownership on it. It's your private car. You should have a little bit of a right to record what's going on to see if somebody's... I mean, I guess when you walk into... What's the difference between this and a store that's recording video of customers that are walking in and out? People are consenting to that. Or maybe they are implicitly. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, for some reason, audio is treated differently. Video is one thing because you may be in public, but then audio, if you're having a private conversation, for whatever reason, the law treats it a little bit differently because there's a little bit more expectation of privacy. And so when you are recording inside your store or whatever, you do have to have proper notices But, you know, not all states are like that. I mean, like you said, it's only 10 states, I believe. And Texas and New York, for example, are classically one-party consent states. And I understand what that means is that one party of the conversation. So that means that you can't eavesdrop or wiretap as a third party unless one of those two people or more that are speaking knows that you're recording them. So, for example, if you park your Corvette and valet and you turn on this service, you have to actually sit in the car with them and let them park the car because then you're one of the parties and you are aware of the actual recording. Yeah, That's one way to get around it.
2: Well, that's basically GMs. They sent letters out to these owners and said, yeah, just ask them, obtain consent, from the uh, valet drivers before, you you know, you turn it on. It's like, well, that kind of defeats the whole purpose, right? Yeah. I guess if once you tell them and if they do, what happens in this situation though? You tell them, hey, can you consent to this? And they say no. And then you're just sitting there like, well, this doesn't seem good for my car. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, I would just tell them about the device and then hand them the keys because I think by accepting the keys and driving it, they're giving their consents. Don't hold me to that. That's not legal advice.
2: <laughs> I don't like valeting cars because its they just drive so recklessly and they just peel out every time. And are, you can hear them squeaking around turns just because they're going so fast. But I get they're supposed to be speed, but... You know, I didn't used to valet my car until I got to Houston
1: because it seems like you almost have to valet your car. You're looking for parking spaces for half hour so. And what they do is they take a regular parking lot and put cones in front of each space. And so when we first got here, I was like, what are all these cones here? You know, it's all these parking spaces and I moved the cone and I parked my car. And then this valet guy was like running after me saying I couldn't park my car there and I was like all confused and I was like, well, what are all these spaces for? So it's kind of apparently like what you do around here.
2: You know, I've seen you valet your car in San Diego before, so I don't know how much I believe that. <laughs>
1: The first time ever has been in Houston. Never. Actually, yeah, at the University Club in San Diego. That's true. Yeah. Good call.
2: Every single time. I lived in walking distance, but I always wait with you while you're waiting for your car, and then you would get in and drive <laughs> like 10 feet and stop and say, do you want a ride? Every single time. It was so funny, but I always walk, so I didn't, I didn't mind it.
1: <laughs> no, not every single time. A couple of times, I was realized, like, why didn't I just give you a ride? Yeah. i I was always close i don't don't think it was everything i think it was like once (laughs) or or something i (laughs) was it more than once i thought it was funny (laughs) that is funny though uh all right did we get to our question or was that our question is is how often you valet? yeah
2: question of the day i want to make a short web series that is similar to a popular tv show how much should I be worried about copyright infringement?
1: Huh. Copyright infringement. I wonder what kind of show you're on making.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like the majority of these questions. It's, you know, we don't get all the facts. We don't know. I just kind of thought in my mind when I read it's a parody type show. Or maybe they're making a reality show that's similar to like Amazing Race or something. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that would still be a parody, possibly.
1: You know, this reminds me, I mean, copyright in show business is always kind of touchy, right? And even in music. But how many movies are pretty much exact copies of each other, right? But there's legal standards of what makes a difference. And depending upon how similar, I think you're relating this issue of parody. And so that might be a copyright exception or what's called fair use and so when it comes to fair use assuming that they are similar or same besides the reasons as to what it's for whether it's for a parody or not but also how substantially similar is it and these are all very highly fact specific right i mean even when it comes to music i mean there's a whole science to it i mean how many notes and in what rhythm and how fast or slow these notes are are going to help determine whether there is a copyright infringement in the same case when it comes to uh your uh I got distracted because I started thinking about this one potential client that contacted me and without giving any too much detail, he was definitely crazy because <laughs> he was talking about this one movie that basically he had about twenty, thirty pages outlined for me, and I know I wasn't the attorney he spoke to, where he basically was convinced that this movie was about him and that someone stole his life story. And how he drew relations to it and the numerology of it got kind of crazy and I don't know, it was pretty funny. So that's the general point, right? Is how similar actually is it? Yeah. No. Well, now I'm thinking about what movie it was. I'll tell you after uh, after the show. Ooh. That's... Looking ooh, forward to ooh, that. It's confidential.
2: Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> similarity. I mean, there's something that's popped up fairly recently with a dispute with Gilligan's Island. Someone was is saying there was copyright infringement there and it's such a tough call on these. I mean, it's... How do you tell whether one person's screenplay or script or what have you is infringing on another one that's already existed like it's yeah. it's like a trademark where you can just look and see at the name it's like oh this name is the same or this logo is the same but let me reread the question similar how much how much should i be worried i don't know somewhat worried i think that's right because
1: copyright infringement is something that can easily be avoided by just making it as much different as possible right and I know that's kind of like a loosey-goosey answer there, but that's the reality is that there's no set definition of what exactly is copyright. You can look at certain case law that applies in different cases when it comes to TV shows, et cetera, plot lines, or what do they call the actual transcript or... The script? The script, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the actual, you know, how different the script is and so forth. But I think if you just make it substantially different or focus on the parody fair use aspect, you can probably get away with
2: it. There's your answer.
1: There's your answer. Get away with it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for the week and uh, episode number one, zero. Uh, yeah.
2: Keep us out and keep us smart.
0: This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up to date and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney.